Hey, NAIA football fans, this is John Cooper for NAIA F-Ball. I am joined by my co-host, Corey Thorpe, and we have two special guests with us here tonight. We are joined by Tony Rodriguez for three-phase football and Matt McLeod with Flexball Nation. Gentlemen, Tony, start with us first. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, doing great. Great. Uh, glad to be on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Matt, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, I just found out about an hour ago we've got a two-hour delay. So I'm excited <laughs> here in Williamsburg, Virginia, I can tell you that. That's awesome. Now, guys, let's just jump right into it. Um, in our league, in the NAIA, there are about four to five teams that run triple option. You know, a lot of them are out of the Kansas, Iowa area. Right. Um, when I think of it, I think of William Penn, the statesman over there, and I think of yep. – uh, of Bethel, the Threshers, right. and um, you know, and, and don't forget Peru State. But yep. we have Coach Harrison over there at Bethel, who is a mastermind of it. I'm excited to talk to him, but I'm excited to talk to you guys. And the first question I have here is, you guys tell me, would it make sense for colleges that you know, if things aren't going right, you know, NAI has a lot of turnover of players. Um, it's a revolving door. Don't you think a triple option, you know, system would be more fitting for that? You know, you don't have the players that are guaranteed to be there for four years. Just stuff happens in our league. Wouldn't you think it's easier to transition a triple option offense? What do you guys think? Well, I'm definitely a, uh, an advocate for running the system. That's for sure. You know, uh, at the end of the day, if you got talented players and you can get them into advantageous situations where you get the ball into their hands and get them touches, man, you're going to be successful. You know, you got less talented kids um, that's, uh, versus versus superior talent. You know, you don't you don't have to block two of them. You can read them. You know what I mean and pitch off them. So you're putting yourself in a great situation in that uh, aspect. And uh, you know, using using numbers, angles, and grass to uh, to call plays, it just is it's a good situation all the way around for uh, somebody who's um, you know trying to build a winning program. Matt, you want to add on to that? Yeah, no, yeah, I think for the most part you're right. I mean, I, I you know, I, you, you wouldn't want a revolving door to certain positions in this deal, um, only because you want to try to get as mo the most experience out of some positions as you can. But I think the system of it. Um, certainly lends itself to to having uh, a transitional, you know, players at, at any level, really. Um, I think as long as, you know, you've got your your program in place and, and the kids kind of understand what's expected of them, um, I think it can fit. I mean, again, you, you wouldn't want to have to maybe train a quarterback every year maybe per se, but you could. Uh, the, the, it's going, you know, the way you, the procedure way you practice, you know, the things that you're going to coach those kids how to do, um, you, you know, can be done. I'm just saying it'd be nice to have some experience, you know what I mean? Oh, I totally agree with that. And that's just um, something that's really been on my mind. Uh, I went to a school in Alabama where we were an air raid offense, and uh, I came from a high school that was wing T, not necessarily triple option. But uh, and it's like every year it was like teaching the dictionary all over again with complicated schemes. Um, now, second question for you guys. If I'm a new coach to the system, 
What is the first play that you want to put in for the triple option to start working on your basics? I would say inside veer. I mean, everything comes off of inside veer at the end of the day. Um, every 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 single play is basically an answer to how they're playing you on the, uh, that you call is is an answer to how they're playing your inside veer defensively. Um, you, you know, you would think that we have a ton of plays, but I know Matt and I we always suggest for for people that are new to this offense to run the top five or your big five. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what most coaches would recommend. You know, start with inside veer, rocket. Uh, what else would you say, Coach, besides uh, the two I mentioned there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you – when you – yeah, you want to add mid-double and, and uh, mid-triple of that and zone dive. So, um, you know, and I think you're right. Uh, it, you're looking for inside veers, your first play. You're going to exhaust that from an installation standpoint. You know what I mean? Technique, alignment, assignment, formation. And then once that's down and the kids understand it, you know, you progress – um to, to kind of fit their needs you know um you know some some years i mean you're going to run your big five like you said, but you know some years you adjust it um based on your personnel and i think again that's where like you were saying earlier if you've got some kids coming in and out that's where the system aspect of it can kind of help you um i, I know what you mean when when you said you you felt like every year it was like a new version or the or the new Bible when you were in college. I, I can understand that. And, uh, you know, I think this offense can kind of uh, – assuming you, you know, do it right, I think this offense can kind of, you know, put the puzzle pieces together a little quicker for, for maybe somebody that's just coming in or maybe transferring in or whatnot. Now, you guys, you know, you're the experts at this. Um, I'm just familiar and Corey's learning over here. But let me ask you guys – um, are you running a wing set majority of the time, having basically that tight end as an extra tackle, having six line, linemen up there, or are you guys just rolling with the five majority of the time? I would say, uh, you know, if I was starting out, I would start out with what they call the double slot formation, you know, two wings, two receivers, and a fullback, or what they call the B-back. That's, that's the, the base formation. And then, like, like uh, Matt was talking about, Okay, inside veer is our bread and butter, and we're going to try to run it at all costs and try to exploit the defense using formation before you get into those other plays. You know what I mean? I, I agree 100% with what uh, Matt's saying. Uh, but that, that double slot formation, uh, I know Matt would agree, is, is, yeah. where, you, is where you start. Yeah, and, I, you know, so for where I'm at currently, we've kind of blended wing T and option together. Um, so it's kind of an interesting um, – you actually have – you've got me under center that way, and then Tony is more like Georgia Southern, right? So he's like uh, gone inside triple. So you, you've kind of got two different um, concepts here. I mean, all option. But, um, you know, it's, it's uh, definitely two by two to start with because it, you're balanced. It's easier for the kids to understand their assignments going each way and then – once they know the rules, you know, adding a tight end or an over tackle, really, I mean, the intricacies of it aren't that big a deal when you're talking about a just maybe a guy to an assignment. Yeah, we we always talk about the formation's cheap, scheme is expensive, so adding more scheme is always a um, 
something we're always leery about. You know what I mean? Do we really need it? But a formation is easy, man. If you want to, man, we can run inside veer out of eye formation. You can run it out of split back. You can run it out of the gun. You, there's so many yep. pistol. There's so many ways to do it. You know, formations are cheap. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Tony, I, I want to hit with you on this. Um, you know, Lunsford's the head coach at Georgia Southern over there and uh, running that uh, that gun type of triple option. Um, what's the major advantage that you think, Tony, running it out of the gun instead of just strictly straight under center? I imagine it gives the quarterback a longer read decision. But uh, is, is that it or is there anything else that you like about it more than going under center? Man, that's a really good question. I think that, you know, being in a shotgun, it gives you a little bit more forgiveness is what I would what, what I would say. I'm actually going – I'm actually traveling to Georgia Southern tomorrow. I'm going to go to a clinic uh, that they're having for, for the high school coaches. Uh, so I'm kind of excited about that, man. But uh, you got Bob DeBessie is the offensive coordinator. He used to be at New Mexico with the, the sexy, hot New Mexico triple option out of the gun, you know. Um, but you got the adjacent adjacent uh, formations and the pistol options, you know, and um, it is different. They use more of an inside zone scheme versus inside veer, which is the big, you know, once we went from we, – we, we were flex bone originally, and that's what we uh, we gave up is inside veer and, and, and went to more of an inside zone scheme. But at the end of the day, you just get a little bit more forgiveness, um, and you can really get into some funky looks. Um, and of course, the being, being in the shotgun helps your passing game out just a little bit. Uh, but hey, that being said, I, I love getting under center, man. Nothing hits faster than under center midline. I'm, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that that's a thing of beauty. I, I go back to that under center in a heartbeat. I tell you. Now I, I totally agree with that. And Matt, I want to go to you here. And Corey, I'm going to let you get the next question, and I'll shut up for a little bit. Um, <laughs> so Matt. Yeah, um, we're talking about you pr predominantly under center, and we're talking about that midline. And for our listeners that are um, foreign to the triple option, you know, universally midline is your playside guards dipping and ripping, trying to get to that playside backer inside shoulder. And that three technique is the read key. Now, Matt, can you tell me the variations you guys have for midline? Yeah, so well, so we have a variation in blocking. Um, we also have a variation in uh, who inserts and where, um, and then we also have a triple option version of that. So um, basically, um, you're right against even fronts. Um, the playside guard is going to veer and clear the three technique, playside backer to backside, and you, you know your quarterback's got to got to give up the midline and his footing and his steps because the fullback's going to end up owning that. And then the three techniques to read. If it's mid-double, then you're going to insert a player through B-gap. That could be a wing. We call them slots. Uh, or it could be a tight end. could be an over-tackle. There's a lot of different ways to do that. There's a lot of different ways to motion to get to that player. But basically, you're going to have an insert player on the play side backer through B-gap um once the three technique closes and then you know based on does the three technique cancel the b back or not the quarterback is either going to hand it to the b or he's going to keep it through b gap in behind that lead blocker um and then 
off the same blocking concept except for the play side tackle and that play side slot. You run a triple version of that where you're, you're reading it all the way out. So, like maybe versus an even front, you'd read a three, pitch off the five. Versus an odd front, you'd read the four, four eye, pitch off the stand up backer. Um, and, and, you know, read it all the way out. Um, really, really good play. Actually, b- both of those, you pull double and mid, mid triple, are really, really good plays. Really good complementary plays, too, to, to inside veer because maybe versus an odd front, you're getting a lot of blood stunt, which just means the four eyes pinching hard for the B and that outside backer screaming for the quarterback. You know, it allows you to have, instead of working towards that stunt in an inside veer mesh, you're rocking back in a midline concept, gives the quarterback a little bit longer time to read that, sit and pitch and get on perimeter. So it's it's a little bit, it's a little different um, than, than regular traditional inside veer, but great play. Both those plays are great. Yeah, and I was going, I was going to say uh, uh, Bethel College, uh, Coach Terry Harrison, he's the NAI there. They, they do a great job of running that midline triple. Yep. That's what you're going to see when you see them right there, that play that's, right there. That's exactly right. Corey, go ahead, man. So, guys, when I think of – when I think of triple option, um, the first couple of things that come to mind are those Bear Bryant Bama teams running the uh, – running the, the um, push ball. Thank you. Oh, my stars. I just blanked. Uh, the wishbone and the Georgia and the Georgia Tech teams um, that I've uh, watched as as a Florida State fan. What are y'all's favorite triple option teams at any level to to watch and and why? What do they What do they do well that that y'all enjoy watching? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I'll start out, Coach. Uh, my, one of my favorite teams is Eastern New Mexico University. I know they're they're a Division two. It's not NAIA, um, but uh, they, man, they're 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 a great team. Uh, they their motto is the ground strike attack. So you know they they're they're you know the cutting edge of everything triple option. But they're gonna throw that ball too. You know what I mean? You start creeping up with your safeties and trying to play eight nine man boxes, they're gonna hit you over the top, and and uh, it's just they're putting a lot of points up on the board and I'm just a big fan of that coaching staff, Kelly Lee out there. And um, I, I love watching me some uh, Eastern New Mexico. How about you coach? I don't know. I got a lot of favorites. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, I mean, I'm right here three hours from Navy. Um, you know, uh, you can't get much better than that. Um, you know, when Lenore Ryan was running it, um, you know, uh, you know, good. I mean, I like Harding. I like the Citadel, Peru, Bethel, man. I, William, I don't, it doesn't matter to me, man. I like to watch it. So yeah. I don't know that I really have a favorite. Um, well, it's, it's like a, like we were talking the other day though, with a triple option, it creates a brotherhood, you know, right. amongst all this. And man, if you, if we find out you're running triple option, we're going to talk about you and promote you. <laughs> We think that's the cat's meow, you know what I mean? We think that's the best offense there is, uh, you know, on, on earth. I mean, we love to watch it, you know. Uh, there was a couple yeah, of – Yeah, I mean, I watched like uh, William Penn on ESPN3 at one point last year, last season, you know, and just wanted to watch him, you know, just wanted to see how <laughs> – I mean, you know, um, same with Peru. 
you know, we, we interviewed Lou Varley, who's been an assistant there for a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, same thing with them. He, he put on the chat, they were going to be on, I think it was ESPN three. If I'm yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, we, we plugged in and watched it, man. I mean, um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of fan of it all. I, you know, I don't know. Hey, we got so a couple, I, other, we got a couple other teams in the NAI too. I, I wrote down on my phone here, um, Cumberland over there in Tennessee. Yep. That's, old, that's old Paul Pitts, the offensive yep. line coach out there. Yep. He's part of our telegram. Boy, we root for him. He's a hell of an offensive line coach, man. He gets after it. We we just love him to death. And yeah, that, that's Coach Mathis over there too. He's a he's a really good guy. So he he's definitely familiar with it. Go ahead. Uh, there's one more school I'm not very familiar with. It's St. Andrew University. I got them down on my list uh, that they run the triple option as well. Right. They're they're in North Carolina. They are a uh, they're they're in the same curriculum as Weber International over okay. there near you. And okay. uh, but they're in they're in North Carolina and they're just starting out. So that's to me that's a very wise decision. Starting out, that's the offense I would like to go with. Uh, who else was on your list, Coach? That uh, that was it, man. Because uh, what well, beside the guys that you mentioned, William and Penn, we we're familiar uh, with William and Penn because. Um, we, we got a good friend, Peyton Haynes, and his brother is actually the head coach over there at William and Penn. That's where uh, Peyton played as well. So, man, those guys have always been good um, recruiting our players and, um, you know, giving us uh, any advice or, or anything that we need. Uh, those guys over at William and Penn have always been great. They're a great place. Um, they're in Iowa. Um, uh, so we're, we're big fans of them. Uh, Hafner. That's the coach, Coach Hafner. He's the head coach there. Peru State, man, they're great. We've had kids from our high school go there and play, and I think that's one of the cheapest schools you could go to. We were talking to Lou Varley. We interviewed him, and, man, just a really great um, affordable education out there. And uh, they, you know, they run the triple option there at Peru State in Nebraska. Out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska, you know what I mean? But Right, exactly uh, right. And then uh, Bethel, Bethel College, uh, Terry Harrison, uh, the head coach out there, we know him. And, um, man, I met him in Dallas. He's just a great dude. I know he's a young head coach, um, but he's the perfect guy for the job. And just, man, anything uh, we want to talk about with him, he's more than gracious to share anything with us. And, um uh, I'm excited to see, with those young guys, man, coming into a program, you know, that brotherhood I talked about, we just root for those guys so much and want them, we just wish them nothing but success, you know what I mean? I'd love to see him uh, turn that thing around and, um, you know, have a winning season and, and, and do big things, man. He's just, just a great guy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, the triple was actually really popular in the NAIA. Um, especially where I played in the Mid-South, Cumberland's Kentucky yeah. was an absolute machine at it. They ran uh, – I think they won five, six straight Mid-South conferences and uh, a national title running it, I believe. But I, I remember when I played at Faulkner, we were the Bad News Bears <laughs> in 2010, and uh, we couldn't stop it. They beat us 77-7. to 7. Wow. And, uh, and, and they were just running outside veer. Just yeah. reading the, the five technique, nothing special, five offensive linemen, and uh, just absolutely hammering us and, you know, just the key, just down blocking away, um, which leads me to my next question, guys. Um, you know, we have a lot of schools that uh, run I, – I don't even want to say triple option tendencies, but they are classified wing T. 
Uh-huh. You know, they're running those five – those big five plays you talked about, Coach. Um, they're basically running uh, uh, belly, trap, counter, speed sweep. And, uh, you know, what – do you think it's worth running wing T without any kind of triple option concept? Honestly, <laughs> well, I mean, I know I'm talking to somebody biased. No, no. But, so, but Coach McLeod, go ahead. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you that the, the team that I coach with now has been wing T only. No no option, just, just wing T since uh, 1996. And the one thing – so I was a – I was a head coach at a school that was uh, that went the same district, right? So, right. Um, and the one thing about playing them was we, we, we didn't really have to ever worry about option responsibilities because they never did it. Now, they may motion a wing and run down, right? Or we call it down, belly G, whatever. You know what I mean? So, and carry out a fake, you know what I mean? But, but there was never any option principles involved. So, we could commit, like, let's say a fold player uh, into the mix to help us. Um, and, and so when, when I got up there, I kind of just – the head coach, uh, we just kind of sat down. I said, look, you know, here's how we defended you and here's why. Um, you know, have, you know and, and we sort of decided that maybe, maybe we needed a little bit of that to kind of, you know, get over the hump a little bit. So – yeah, you, you can do it, and, and it's it's been done. Uh, buck sweep, trap, jet, belly, down. Uh, you know, the, the, those things have been run for years. Uh, counter crisscross. Power. Um, you know, truck. I mean, I can go on and on with wing T stuff, but um, power. You know, I mean, all that stuff can be run without option. But, but I'll tell you, when you're defending it, if somebody's really – if they're just – you know, when they run down, right, pull play side guard, B-gaps through – or B-backs through C, you're carrying out fakes, right, to kind of hold people. But but why – you know, but I'm, I'm not going to leave a full player sitting out there for nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I mean, I've coached defense forever. But – so if I can bring that full player back inside because there's no option threat there, I get a bonus player, right? They're trying to hold me with a fake, you know, as a defender, whereas I'm going to go ahead and, and insert. So – um, I, I think it brings a a complement to the offense that that makes uh, the defenses that actually play the width of the field um, as well as the depth. And I, you know that's where I think we've I don't know they were really good before I got here. So I'm not trying to say that I had anything to do with it, but we've been <laughs> a little bit more dynamic in the last couple of years. I'll say that. So. Well, there, you guys have a school in NAI um, Reinhardt, right? Up in right. Georgia. Yep. And, North North Georgia. And I had thought that they were a triple option team, but uh, everybody was saying they're a wing team, more of a wing uh, team. Uh, they, you'll get in trouble will, over that. They will, they will correct you if you call them triple option. That is yeah. hot water. Really? And, uh, so, yes. Oh, they, so, here's, here's, so, here's my take on that, right? I think that there's a big misconception, and I and I know this too because of when I when I first started working at the school I'm, uh, where I used to be at, and they, I almost got in a, a, a daggum fight with the coaches there because I wanted to implement some belly, 
I wanted to run some belly. They were a triple option team. And they're like, man, we can't, we can't do that. That's uh that's wing T. We're a triple option. I was like, listen, guys, wing T and triple a uh, triple option, man, it, it blends together so awesome. Like uh, Coach McLeod's got some articles on the, on the Flexbone Nation of some complimentary plays. And man, it explains how belly and down, man, uh, the benefits of having those plays in your offense and just you know, you get a playoff for your quarterback to get himself together that he doesn't have to read. You know what I mean? And you're getting your best player of the ball. You know what I mean? On a predetermined handoff. I mean, it's, 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 it's an awesome, those, those two plays bellying down. And then of course you can make the argument about trap and maybe a power. We used to run, um, one of our big plays is rocket. And we had to counter off of rocket, but we used to run power as uh, the concept for the counter. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of counter trade. There's a lot of carryover um, that that we use wing T plays within the the flex mode triple option. And if you know, I, I just think that we get a big misconception that we're only triple option. You know what I mean? Is a there's a nice blend. And coach coach's team, he just told you, you know, they they're they're a testament to that. Right, and I I totally agree with that. I I haven't met too many triple option teams that don't have those predetermined handoffs like belly and then especially we talk about rocket and then buck sweep you know you want to get to the sideline as fast as you can and, and they definitely go to be, together and you know even out the wing team majority of those guys have that wing back running that orbital motion right you know the you know the the freeze a defender but i totally agree that those two can definitely live together and go together now um you know, guys, I want to ask a, a, a simple question. And, Corey, I'm going to let you go ahead and have yours. Now, coaches, um, is there anything that kills you more in the triple option than a quarterback not willing to carry out his fake? What do you guys think You stole my question. <laughs> well, I can go again if you need me to, Corey. But well, go ahead. So, uh, to be honest with you, to me, that lends itself to a lack of commitment in running the offense. So that's oh, where yeah. I start with it. If you, if you if you haven't found a kid that's going to commit to it, which means all of that you're talking about, then you, you don't have your guy yet. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, so, so we have, like, hash rules and middle of the field rules for our quarterbacks. They have to be at landmarks on film or – they get to deal with me. I coach quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes that's a positive reinforcement, and sometimes that's a, hey, I've told you three times, I'm gonna have to, we'll have to do something else. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, yes, if they're not ripping off of any fake, I mean, it doesn't have to be inside veer. It could be anything. You know, if they're not ripping off a of fake off a of play action and getting somewhere you want them to be. Um, like they've got the ball in their hand, then, then yeah, I would say you're going to be pretty upset as a coach. And particularly if you hand the ball off on inside veer and they haven't disconnected and sprinted, um, I, I imagine every option quarterback coach in the United States just got upset, you know. So. Now, Coach McLeod, just to, to go off of that, you know, we talked about the quarterback not carrying out their fake. How do you correct a – and I'm an offensive line coach. I, I definitely have my ways. It's, it's a, usually a, a boot in somebody's rear end. But how do you correct an offensive lineman that keeps getting held up 
by a defense lineman when they're trying to dip and rip? Yeah, so so there's a couple of different ways. Um, and, again, it's it's all born out of wanting to that player to have success. So you, you can work through limiting your surface area and your rips and your dips and hand placements and things like that. Um, if you're really getting squeezed hard, then, you know, you can outside release that guy. Um, so there's a couple of different things you can do. You can improve technique. Um, you can change the, the departure angle. Um, you, you could even base the guy if you wanted to. I, there's a couple of different things you can do, but, you know, I think it, to me it's born out of the success that you want to have for the, the right tackle. If he's not veering like you want him to or if he's getting hung up, you start with technique and then maybe work to a different release. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I learned a long time ago, like, you know, it's like the play side guard blocking a, you know, a three technique, right, on his own, okay? So he's going to base block a three technique. Well, if, if that kid can't do that, a whole year of screaming and yelling at him ain't going to do him any good. Right. Um, he's never going to be successful. He, he may get, you know, upset and, 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 and really down himself, and he may not play anymore. Um, but I think if you look at your own kids' abilities, uh, which is, again, where option can really help you, um, you know, if you got a kid who's never going to be able to do that, then don't ask him to do that. You know what I mean? Um, but I would say the first thing is to, uh, to start with technique, you know, rehash it, work through it. Uh, you know, may have to change a few things. And then if you're getting really squeezed down, then you've got some ways within the offense to handle that. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, just, just to add to that, we have uh, – Coach actually has some resources on the website. I, I think he – well, I don't know if you still do, Coach, because of the silver light. Um, yeah, I think I got, all, I got all that fixed, I think, all but a couple of things. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's got yeah. some really cool drills on there. Um, and, and, and if you search um, – Twitter. I think I got some little clips of it I could share with you. Uh, if you just search hashtag mesh point and you put in there like towel drill, you know, we'll, right. uh, as far as like the drill and train that muscle memory of where, how low you want them to get and fan the grass, we put towels on the ground and have the, the offensive lineman dip and rip and pick up an actual towel yeah. or I've used softballs before, you know, so just something tangible they can uh, dip and rip and, and, and actually pick up as they're, you know, uh, veer releasing. Um, another thing you could do, uh, you definitely want to drill where you're, you, you know, you got a shield and you're squeezing them, you know what I mean? And you're, okay, we're working inside, but you also got to teach them to get that body lean back into the defender and stack up vertical, you know what I mean? So just, just training that, drilling it. I've even seen Navy um, through some clips that Coach shared with me, just, uh, you know, the working on the goalpost, you know what I mean? So you almost have like the offensive lineman in a shoot, a confined area, you know what I mean? Just those, those, all those things is just training the body just like you would a work under a shoot. You know, you're working on pad level, trying to bring it down. It's the same kind of thing. Hopefully I'm talking your language, man. You know, offensive line coach, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, coach, we actually um, – I try to do everything under the shoot, um, but we actually yeah. use these half moons. That yeah. we put on uh, the boards and we uh, yeah. staggered the one side yep. and dip and rip. And then uh, there's a couple commands, but that last command, they are flipping that uh, half moon up. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. and, uh, that that works well for us. And then, uh, yeah. uh, you know, back when I was in school, because I'm actually coaching at the high school I went to, uh, you know, I've, I've been around the block a little bit. But back when I was in school, they welded some cubes for us. Yeah. And it's tight. Just like you were saying, Coach Rodriguez, tight, tight areas. To, um, you know, you got to move, dip, and rip and get past yeah. that bar or you're going to be hurting. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you are definitely speaking my language. I, I know, I know, man, if you go and study the stance of an offensive lineman and the flex bone a little bit too, boy, them tackles, man, they got that pad level low with them shoulders, man. So they're trying to reduce as much area for them guys to get a hold of as much as possible. So I love their stances. They're like coming out of track blocks. You know what I mean? It's something else. Yeah. Very Corey, go ahead, man. Man, uh, like, like I said, you, you stole you stole my question, I, and I know, and I know why we why we're thinking about it, because um, all all I keep thinking about is is even not even a triple option, um, is is just on a simple read option. Um, watching watching uh, Florida State last year, uh, Florida State had a quarterback who. Um, you would not just flat out refuse to keep the ball. Um, and it was the most frustrating thing at, at, at times to watch. So I, that's, I know that's, that's where both of our minds were at on that. Yeah, you got to have the right guy in there, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a different type of offense. You can't have no pocket passer back there trying to stay pretty and clean. If he's got him a little towel and an arm sleeve, that's probably not your guy. You want the guy who's kind of ugly and beat up a little bit and ain't afraid to take something, you know, a hit in the mouth. You know what I mean? And no Tom Brady's or Peyton Manning. Get back, back up there. and do it again, man. There you go. That's exactly right. Now, guys, let's let's drift a little bit. You know, last year I uh, I was I had the awesome duty of uh, having the junior varsity team of Franklin County and Appalachia, the Seahawks, okay. and uh, I was the offensive line coach there, and. Uh, we started 0-3 for varsity, and then I had to plead with the coach, great guy, Tony Yeomans, uh, and then we switched triple option midseason. And uh, so it actually worked out well. We only did four plays, but it worked out way better. Well, with my JV team, and uh, – That's like remember I, uh, the Titans, man. And then he say yeah. plays works like Novocaine. Like Novocaine. <laughs> That's it. That's man. right. Now, with, with my JV team – and it's always fun running the triple at, you know, at, at a younger level. And yeah. I want to get your guys' opinions of it. My bread and butter was using unbalanced lines out of the flex bone. Yep. And running the midline um, to the weak side. And yeah. running that in, you know, basically to what's that last guy out there. And, uh, and it just – Worked wonderful, and, and no, you know it's junior varsity football. Nobody ever adjusted, but to get to you guys with varsity and college, what what's your opinion of unbalanced lines out of the flex bone or any other formation? I love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 plays are you guys bread and butter out of the unbalance? The all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, I'm listening to you talking, man. I've, I've done that same thing. We, I come into a game, un, I'm thinking I'm going to use unbalanced. I want to see how they adjust. And I'm thinking I'm about to hammer this thing to the strength, you know what I mean, to the strong side. Because I don't – you know, I'm thinking I'm about to get an extra gap or something. And then I've had teams where they over-adjust. 
You know, they right. you bump the D-line, they bump the backers, they bump the secondary, and you're looking at the weak side going, holy cow, if I just run midline. And then we – I mean, that's the beauty about this offense. We get off, like, as coaches, we love being able to say, um, man, we ran the ball the whole game. We didn't pass the ball one time. Or being able to say, man, we ran midline 25 times this game. I mean, that that's like a badge of honor, man, in this offense. Uh, it's a thing of beauty. That's exactly right. And that's how you want to do it. You, We want to control the clock. And, uh, I mean, sadly, I'm not a part of a true triple anymore. But, uh, you know, one day I hope to get back to it. If I ever run my own show, it's, it's going to be a triple option offense. Um, you know, just like I hope to have a rural job, kind of like Bo Johnson over there. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, just like Coach Bo. But uh, now let me ask you another thing, guys. Um, we talked about running inside veer a lot. Now, what – what are the challenges and uh, hurdles that your quarterbacks and backs, B-backs might have to face running that outside here? Well, I think the first thing you have to decide is do you want to add another mesh to your system? Um, now, you can get into some outside veer concepts where you're, you don't have to change a mesh off inside veer. So, you know, and Tony does a good job. He can explain that, does a good job with that. Um, but for us, when we run outside veer, it's a, it's a, it's a different mesh point. So I think you have to decide if you want to do that first. Um, if you do, then I think it's great. Go for it. Um, it's not, I mean, once you get to the point of the mesh in outside veer, it's all this. I mean, after that point, everything else is the same. It's working the footwork to get there. You know what I mean? So the B backs track for us to be inside hip to tackle our quarterback one big step two quicks and he's going to come right through that mesh there once you get to that point it's the same so the coaching of you know does number one cancel the b if so replace his heels you know all that stuff's the same it's just the initial point of getting there um, but tony does a good job of being able to reduce the front a little bit and keep the same aiming points um, for the B-back and be able to and, and run outside veer, which, I mean, if you think about it, if you're only going to adjust maybe your front, maybe you're going to double a B-gap defender and you're not going to change your aiming point, you, then you're really not – I mean, you it's really not that – I mean, you're not doing anything different other than your read. You know, who who won is has changed. But, uh, but yeah, Tony, Tony does a good job with that. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I'd just say um, the difference between those two plays, inside veer and outside veer to me, is inside veer would be like what I would run versus a team that gives you a little bit of space, you know what I mean, for your, for your fullback to work, you know what I mean? So uh, in the inside veer scheme, we'll have the zone cutback component. So basically um, your, your fullback has permission to kind of bend it back behind the uh, what we call the uh, – action key right there coach yeah. uh, and uh, so it could be a nose guard it could be a shade something like that well outside veer we'd run when your a and b gaps are basically taken away a team says you're not going to beat us with a dive today but outside veer still gives you that chance to run that triple option you know what i mean and that's what i like that's what i like about it you know 
we just never uh, we we stopped. I actually got a <laughs> running it in wishbone. I come up through the wishbone system, and we used to run the heck out of it, man, to a tight inside. But that elongated mesh, we we just weren't good at it, so we eliminated it, and then we brought outside veer back into our system, but to a two man surface instead of having a tight end. We just ran it out of a two man uh, surface. So when we played against like a bare front, so basically your guards and nose, uh, I mean your guards and center are covered, like a 303 or something like that, you know what I mean? And you have those right. two ends or outside backers standing up, we would just read the end man on the line of scrimmage there. And that's how we ran the outside beer from a two-man surface. And nothing had to change from inside beer to outside beer as far as the mesh. But the thing was, there was no zone cutback component on outside beer for our fullback. Right. Now, um, and that, let's talk about something you guys probably don't want to talk about. You know, Coach Rodriguez, you just said wearing a badge of honor, running midline 25 times a game. Yeah, man. Now, I, I got to know, um, you know, me growing up running a wing T system, um, passing the ball, like I said, it didn't really happen much. If you're passing the ball, something's really wrong. And uh, I, I just want to know um, – What's your go-to pass plays? I know for most wing T teams, they usually call a waggle here and there, or they have like a 90 series where it's just three-step drop, slant, fade, hitch, or like a fast pass, just tossing it out there. But what's your go-to pass plays? Um, I'll, I'll pick one. I know, I know, I kind of already know what coaches too, probably, but, uh, cause, uh, but anyway, I disagree with you about if we're passing it, it's a bad thing necessarily. Cause in, Hey, if, if they, they, if they use all the defenders to take away the run, that means the pass game is wide open. So that means you're hitting right. those big explosive, those big explosive plays. So, I mean, we pass to score touchdowns. We don't just pass for a little two, three yard gains. You know what I mean? Um, we're right. In that box, we're, 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 we're hitting them deep baby. And in, in, in those voids, but I'll kind of to speak on my, you mentioned the waggle. So rockets, one of our big plays. And uh, we like to compress the set. So kind of we, uh, we call it double crunch or some people call it nasty uh, flex or something like that. So we bring the receivers in and we like to run uh, boots. And it's almost exactly like a waggle, uh, same kind of concept, but it's like a naked boot with all your action flowing with the rocket one way and you come back and you have, you know, your basic uh, flood or, 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 or boot concept to the uh, opposite of that. I like to run that like from a hash because it gives you two-thirds of the field to kind of roll to, and, and it's a run-pass option. The quarterback don't see something open, he runs, you know what I mean? Or if he stinks at throwing, he can just run. There you go. <laughs> Coach, I know you probably going to talk about a vertical game or something, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think when you're building your passing game in either wing T or, or an option concept, Offense, you, you always start play action. You know what I mean. So, what what defenders can I affect to get the ball over the top? You know, based on maybe my perimeter blocking. You know, and then and then once once you're established for that, you know, I mean, obviously, switch routes where you've got you know like a skinny post up the hash and wheel outside of it. Um, you, you've set that up because your your perimeter blocking is the same concept, right? So anytime you've got a too high safety concept, you want to crack an arc that as much as you can because you want that to set up the same play as, action concept. You know, same thing like maybe you're getting a three-two exchange, 
and 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 now I've got to be able to base block that safety. Well, now I'm going to run, you know, a vertical concept with a seam and a and a fade on the outside off play action. And I think once once those kind of concepts get taught, then and I think you got to decide, um, you know, do you want to go three step, you, you you know, or do you want to go run and shoot, you know, do you want to go go pass choice that kind of stuff. Um, which is basically, I think Tony would agree, it's like option for the passing game. Oh yeah, you know, or 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 do you want to go like Tony said? You want to go boot off a toss or or naked off a toss? Um, you know, at some point you got to make, you know, it, you know, you you're like a kid in a candy store, but at some point you got to stop. You know what I mean? Right. The kids are only going to know, you know, what you can teach them. <laughs> right. I'll tell you a funny story real quick. We, um, in 2013, Coach, there's no lie, we're in a, tie, a district tiebreaker. They have these tiebreakers down here where you have to play a – there's a three-way tie for first place and runner-up. And you have to play a quarter of football, right? Monday night. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a Monday night. So we have to play. We're first up against a team, um, and, and, and we ended up beating them. We ran the ball popped it in we're like holy holy crap we're now we're in the championship you know what I mean like and we go to this next game the second game and uh they march the ball down the field on us we intercept it on the 10 yard line we go a 90 like 90 play uh 90 yard drive man we're checking plays left and right I mean we're we're this is like the best that's ever been in our offense we get down to about the 20 yard line and we're on the left hash and get on the headset the coach is like, what do you want to do? I said, well, coach, why don't you run a sprint out to the field, right? Tell, just run an old smash concept or something out there with the two receivers run out of trips. And I said, um, to, hey, just tell them to run it. Let's put, put the ball in the middle of the field, and we're going to kick this field goal. We're going to win this thing, right? He's like, all right, I love it. Calls the play. Kid sprints out, and we're a running team. Like, nobody expects us to throw the ball. The corner route pops wide open. Quarterback throws it. Touchdown. Game over, man. Going to the playoffs. Won, won a district championship, man, on a daggum corner route out of trips on a sprint out. Nobody expected that ever to happen. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was amazing. It was that's, amazing. That, that's awesome. It's it's amazing. I said, holy love- shit, he's throwing the ball. <laughs> oh, my God. And he threw it touchdown. But, you love the look on somebody's face when they're not – expecting that from a, a trip team but okay last question for you guys and we'll wrap it up and get out of here um i i just want to know your general opinion of where do you think the state of the triple option will be in 10 to 20 years do you think more teams might come back and run it or do you think you'll start phasing more out at the college level you know it's it, it's it's funny i was reading twitter the other day my buddy was was commenting on somebody talking trash about Georgia Tech. Hey, thank God, uh, you know, Paul Johnson's done in Atlanta, and uh, it's amazing how much talent's in Atlanta, and he ran the daggum triple option. And my buddy made a comment I thought was really, really, uh, in, you know, right on. Every team in America runs triple option. At some point right. or another, every team in America runs some form of triple option. They really do, whether it's out of the gun or under center, 
it's just for whatever reason, people are very hypocritical about, you know, running it, running it from under center. But, man, there's no denying, if you look at the body of work that Paul Johnson put together, how many championships he, he's won and um, just, just being consistent over time. You know what I mean? Um, and dom not dominating the ACC, but playing some really good teams like Florida State and Miami and hanging in there. Nobody play them. I mean, that's just, the, that's just the fact. That's that's true. So, you know, I I don't buy I, – I feel like there's people that are armchair quarterbacks that kind of probably, you know, are just, just kind of running their mouth. They really don't know football. And then there's guys that know football. So I think it's, it's, it's always going to be around. Now, will it be in a, a big major FBS program? Probably not because the people making the decisions, you know what I mean, um, you know, probably really don't know football. But I'm glad that Army and Navy are still running it and Air Force is running it, that's for sure. That's kind of my take on it all, Coach. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's going anywhere. I mean, I think uh, I, I think you might see some uh, – it may come back to Power 5 eventually. I, I think – you know, I think Tony's right. The people that are having to make some physical decisions, not physical, but fiscal, you know what I'm saying? Fiscal, Money. Fiscal. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, I think sometimes the patient level, patience level isn't there anymore, um, unfortunately. Uh, not now. You know, Georgia Tech was very patient, I think. Um, but – but, uh, you know, at some schools that may benefit from it, uh, I think the people that, you know, ultimately make the decisions to hire and, you know, things like that, I think the, the level of patience isn't, isn't there anymore. I mean, look, I mean, how many coaches get a five-year contract anymore? I mean, really, right? No, it's, it's three, three minimum or three max. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, I mean, I think if you just took, take that concept, uh, you know, uh, I guess that's a whole other podcast, but um, I don't. I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I mean, I think I think people be running, you know, um, triple option for forever. Um, I, I just a version, like Tony's saying. I mean, you know, look at Georgia Southern. They're in the gun. They're running it. Wofford, you know, they're in the gun running it. Um, I mean, I mean, Chip Kelly runs it too. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean what. Everybody, anybody runs zone reads, running, right? You know, running, running triple option. You're running a version of an option. You know what I mean? So, right. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think you're right. Maybe people don't want to admit it, but, uh, but when you're under center and you're in double slot and you're on inside veer for like 42 plays <laughs> in a row, people don't, <laughs> people get upset. You know what I mean? Uh, at, at least in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So, guys, I just want to just thank you for just coming on here tonight, and uh, we appreciate the just the insight you gave us. And I know I, for one, am definitely looking forward to coming on to your podcast. I know Corey is as well. Yep. Um, you know, it's always great just coming together and just talking some ball. And so, yeah. to our listeners, um, make sure that you go out and check Three Phase Football, Flex Bowl Nation. And listen to the Mesh Point podcast. It's a thing of beauty. You know, we talked about the schools in the NAI that run it. So just get familiar with your league because more than likely, if they're not running triple option in your conference, there is a wing T team in your conference. And bottom line, at some variation, somebody is running triple option, just not traditional. 
So, guys, we enjoy it tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks buddy.